Welcome to the Altruistic Libertarian, Advocate for a Generally Free Society. I'm Anthony Wheeler, and today we continue our series on pervasive intervention. The nation-state is a special form of government, one that occasionally spans entire continents. For those who haven't considered the magnitude of current nation-states and the implications of their dominance, consider what Peter Drucker had to say. Quote, By 1870, the nation-state had triumphed everywhere, but the nation-state of 1970, a century later, bore little resemblance to the nation-state of 1870. It had mutated into a megastate, the same species perhaps as the 1870 progenitor, but as different from it as a panther is from a pussycat. The national state was designed to be the guardian of society. The megastate became its master. And in its extreme totalitarian form, it replaced civil society completely. In totalitarianism, all society became political society. The national state was designed to protect both the citizen's life and liberty and the citizen's property against arbitrary acts of the sovereign. The megastate, even in its least extreme Anglo-American form, considers a citizen's property to be held only at the discretion of the tax collector. Unquote. The nation-state, what Drucker refers to as the megastate, has become pervasive and considered by most to be the appropriate political institution of the world. Quote, but except for Japan, the movement towards the megastate has been universal throughout the developed world, and the new, new developing countries rapidly followed suit. No sooner was a new nation-state formed out of the dissolution of an empire than it, was, than it adopted the new military policy, building in peacetime a wartime military establishment and manufacturing, or at least procuring, the advanced arms needed in the case of war. It immediately attempted to get control of society. It immediately tried to use a tax mechanism to redistribute, redistribute income. And finally, almost without exception, it tried to become the manager and, in large part, the owner of the economy. Unquote. The nation-state is not synonymous with government. In order for people to thrive in peace, freedom, and prosperity, government is required. Government is the sole institution of society empowered with the legal use of violent force. With this power, the government's use of violent force, or the threat of violent force, to provide basic legal structure and lawful protection of its citizens from criminals. This includes contractual structures defining and protecting property rights and the formal redress of wrongs done by one party unto another. The alternative to government is anarchy. In an anarchic society, unless individual behavior is effectively bound by family and or tradition, nobody is safe, free, or at peace. Nation states have gathered enormous power and influence and can be held responsible for the worst evil visited upon the modern world. Quote, the nation state has proved itself an insatiable spender, an unrivaled waster. It had also proved itself as the greatest killer of all time. By the 1990s, state action had been responsible for the violent or unnatural deaths of some 125 million people during the century, more perhaps than it had succeeded in destroying during the whole of human history up to 1900. Its inhuman malevolence and more, had more than kept pace with its growing size and expanding means." Unquote. I suspect that the majority of people disagree with this analysis and believe that the nation state is necessary and good. 
The Third Reich, Star Spangled Banner, God Save the Queen, I Pledge Allegiance, John Philip Sousa, etc. Citizens desire uncomplicated order, feel patriotic and proud of their nation, and generally think it's the best one that ever existed and can do no wrong. But how many terrible wars and bloody battles have been waged for God and country? Kill them all and let God sort them out. We had to destroy the village in order to save it. Bomb them back to the Stone Age. As Graham Greene put it, quote, When war began, the absolute moral code was abolished. You were allowed to do evil that good might come. Unquote. But good never comes from war, only death and destruction and the foundation of future wars. Hayek quotes Reinhold Niebuhr when he writes, There is an increasing tendency, quote, There is an increasing tendency among modern men to imagine themselves ethical because they have delegated their vices to larger and larger groups. To act on behalf of a group seems to free people of many of the moral restraints which control their behavior as individuals within the group." Unquote. We imprison people who assault our wives. Well, some of them. We jail those who steal or enter our homes without prov provocation or invitation. But for some reason, we applaud the same behavior when done by our country. We condemn criminal acts done by an individual and then erect monuments to, to the generals who do so much worse. Does irony run any deeper? For the history of power politics, quote, for the history of power politics is nothing but the history of international crime and mass murder, including, it is true, some of the attempts to suppress them. This history is taught in schools and some of the greatest criminals are extolled as heroes, unquote. Individual humans can pursue any number of noble causes, cure disease, build fantastic bridges, write beautiful poetry, and explore the universe. Can we say the same of, na of, of the nation state? What glory, what grand achievement can any nation state boast? Quote, the German mission is not to conquer. It is to be a nation of thinkers and educators. This is their true glory. For Herder, as for Nietzsche, the state is the coldest of all cold monsters. Unquote. The highest values can be achieved without sacrificing the lives of others. What did a nation-state ever accomplish that justified so much violence and destruction? Quote, but even as we com contemplate history as this slaughter bench on which the happiness of peoples, the wisdom of states, and the virtue of individuals has been sacrificed, our thoughts cannot avoid the question, for whom, for what final aim, these monstrous sacrifices have been made? Unquote. Thus, the greatest threat to any society outside of natural disasters is the nation-state. Canada, the United States, Russia, Uganda, Iraq, Israel. In fact, the only justification for the existence of nation-states is to protect its citizens from other nation-states. In other words, if we didn't have any nation-states, we wouldn't need any. One fundamental aspect of government institutions distinguishes them from all private entities. Quote, State or government is a social apparatus, apparatus of compulsion and coercion. It has a monopoly of legal violent action. No individual is free to use violence or the threat of violence if the government has not accorded this right to him. Unquote.
As such, government either prevents violence against citizens or it employs it through regulations, taxation, conscription, and prohibitions. When the government uses violence or threatens to use violence against non-criminals in order to achieve social goals, it creates ripples of dissatisfaction among the populace. Quote, the effect of the state's interference is that people are prevented from using their knowledge and abilities, their labor and their material means of production in the way in which they would earn the highest returns and satisfy their needs as much as possible. Such interference makes people poorer and less, less satisfied, unquote. It's rarely possible to map every effect of government inter intervention. So often it prevents the creation of possibilities that simply never exist, and therefore never go missing. It squanders wealth that could be used to improve lives, though the loss is largely invisible to analysis, leaving so many potential improvements unrealized. Sometimes government-sponsored violence is more palpable and the effects readily felt. Quote, Nothing is so beneath the dignity of, human, of a human being as to suffer violence, for it destroys the individual, individual's humanity. Whoever inflicts it, uh, inflicts it on us is at odds with nothing less than our humanity. Whoever cowardly suffers it tosses his humanity aside. Unquote. Indiv individual humans are moral beings in that they must decide what to do, what is right and wrong, and how to behave. There is nothing more socially relevant than a person's moral character, and nothing more demeaning than when that moral character is hindered through acts of violence. Quote, Force invalidates and paralyzes a man's judgment, demanding that he act against it, thus rendering him morally impotent. Unquote. Many thinkers that advocate intervention fail to acknowledge the need for violence in order to enact their favored policies. They don't explicitly consider the fact that those who resist taxation, object to drug laws, or fail to abide by any law risk engaging an armed police force. In many cases, violent confrontations are justified as the police work to keep the country safe from violent criminals and terrorists. In other cases, the risk of resisting the government can escalate with deadly results. In the first example, members of the National Guard killed unarmed student, college students at Kent State while the students protested the Vietnam War. Just days before the shooting, the United States had illegally invaded Cambodia, sparking protests across the country. 29 guardsmen fired approximately 67 rounds over a period of 13 seconds, killing four students and wounding nine others. One of, them suffered, one of whom suffered permanent paralysis. The protests were peaceful and justified. The response, not so much. Another violent overreaction took place at, in Idaho when the authorities attempted to serve a bench warrant. Ruby Ridge was the site of a deadly confrontation and an 11-day siege in 1992 between Randy Weaver, members of his immediate family, and a family, family friend, Kevin Harris, and federal agents. Following an effort to serve a warrant on firearms charges, an initial encounter of six marshals with the Weavers resulted in a firefight that killed one deputy, the Weaver's son, and a Weaver family dog, all by gunshot. The subsequent siege of the Weaver, re Weaver resident, led by the FBI applying especially lethal rules of engagement, resulted in the further death of Vicki Weaver, Randy's wife, by FBI sniper fire. The siege and standoff were ultimately resolved by civilian negotiators with the surrender and arrest of Kevin Harris and Randy Weaver.
Randy Weaver and Kevin Harris were subsequently arraigned on a variety of federal criminal charges, including first-degree murder over the death of the deputy marshal. Harris was acquitted of all charges, and Weaver was subsequently acquitted of all charges except for the original weapons charge and for having missed his original court date. The Weavers and Kevin Harris brought civil suit against the government. The former awarded $3.1 million and the latter $380,000, indicating culpability of the government authorities. The sniper who killed Vicki Weaver was indicted for manslaughter, but never convicted. A year later, another deadly confrontation took place between private citizens and government authorities near Waco, Texas. Federal agents and local law enforcement laid siege to a compound belonging to a group of Branch Davidians between February 28th and April 19th, 1993. The group was suspected of weapons violations, causing a search and arrest warrant to be obtained by the ATF. The incident began when ATF attempted to raid the ranch. An intense gun battle erupted, resulting in the death of four government agents and six Branch Davidians. Upon the ATF's failure to raid the compound, a siege was initiated by the FBI, the standoff lasting 51 days. Eventually, the FBI launched an assault and initiated a tear gas attack in an attempt to force the Branch Davidians out of the ranch. During the attack, a fire engulfed Mount Carmel Center. In total, 76 people died, including David Koresh, the group's leader. One of the things that hasn't changed, we get on to our next example, what hasn't changed significantly is the ongoing violent tension between local law enforcement and African Americans. I recall such an incident while attending college near San Diego. Sagon Penn, a young African American, was pulled over by police then a mile from my home. From the San Diego Times, and I quote, On March 31, 1985, Penn, then 23, was driving a pickup truck with his brother and some passengers riding in the truck bed along 65th Street in Encanto. As he passed two policemen in separate cars, Officer Donovan Jacobs flipped a U-turn while radioing the other officer, Tom Riggs, saying, I'm going to stop that truckload of Crips. The two officers pulled Penn over, and Jacobs approached the driver's side as Riggs stood near the passenger door. What's up, blood? Jacobs said before asking Penn for his license. Penn handed him his entire wallet. Jacobs then demanded he take his license out of the wallet. Penn handed it back, asking what the problem was. Unquote. Before I continue on the newspaper article, I want to, if I remember correctly, at this point, the license fell out of the wallet and to the ground, apparently the trigger to what, what followed. Anyway, back to the newspaper article. Quote, A struggle ensued with Jacob grabbing Penn, who tried to back away, and the two began to struggle. Jacobs began hitting Penn, Penn with his baton, but Penn was able to block most of the blows with his arms. Riggs joined in the struggle, hitting and kicking Penn while trying to keep the crowd from closing in. Jacobs ended up on Penn's chest, hitting him with closed fists while Riggs kicked and hit him with his baton. Somehow Penn was able to grab Jacobs' 38, firing a shot into his neck. The gathering crowd scattered, thinking the officer had killed Penn. In a taped 911 call, Penn's brother could be heard screaming, They're shooting my brother! The second shot ripped through the sole of one of Riggs' boots. The third hit his thigh, and the fourth hit him in the abdomen, severing his abdominal aorta. Penn jumped up and fired two more shots into Riggs' patrol car, wounding Sarah Pina Ruiz, 
a civilian participating in a police ride-along. Penn jumped in Riggs' patrol car to escape as police sirens began screaming through Encanto, the Encanto neighborhood, running over Riggs' body in his escape. 30 minutes later, after the shooting, Penn surrendered. One cop was dead, another wounded. The case instantly polarized San Diego. Was he a vicious cop killer or victim of racist white brutality? Unquote. During the trial, the civilian ride-along, herself wounded by Penn, testified on his behalf. Mr. Penn's attorney maintained that, and I quote, his client had feared for his life and had acted in self-defense, unquote. The jury agreed, and he was acquitted of all charges. But Penn's life was never the same, and 15 years later, he committed suicide in Spring Valley, not far from where I went to middle school. The point of raising these examples is not to indict or criticize law enforcement. Law enforcement is crucial in maintaining civilized society. My intent is to point out the risk every, every citizen faces. Whereas most people adhere to the demands of government authorities, even when those demands are unreasonable, these examples illustrate the potential consequences when people resist. Again, regardless of justification, when confronted by armed officials. Every law, regulation, tax, and prohibition legislated by the government is backed by local, state, and federal armed police forces and carries the same potential for conflict. Within a genuinely free society, such conflicts would be minimized as the state would focus its armed forces in protecting citizens from criminals and the nation from aggressive foreign powers. Plato asked the best and final question concerning violence. Quote, but supposing that he does, some, he does some gentle violence for the, their good, what is his violence to be called? Unquote. Utterly unnecessary is how I would answer. Yet the creation of power virtually assures that it will be employed in regrettable ways, regardless of the men and women involved. Quote, no merely moral consciousness and no loyalty to principles will be able to cope with the intricate realisms of the exercise of power." Unquote. Influential thinkers sometimes confuse actual violent force with less lethal influences that hardly compel human behavior. For instance, they equate corporate marketing with government prohibitions, or social etiquette with police power. Quote, Foucault seemed to have been confused between the power of institutions to subjugate individuals and the fact that individual behavior in society is frequently a matter of following rules and conventions. As Peter Dews put it, Foucault perceives clearly that institutions are not merely imposed constructs, yet has no apparatus for dealing with the fact, this fact, which entails that following a convention is not always equivalent to submitting to a power. But without this distinction, every delimitation becomes an exclusion, and every exclusion becomes equated with an exercise of power." Unquote. Conventions do not detour the unconventional. Advertising, social media, and company regulations do not oppress or create terror as might a secret police. Junk mail offering credit cards do not equate to an IRS audit. When blue lights flash in your rearview mirror, it's not simply a suggestion to stop. It's a demand enforced by arm, a demand enforced by armed police and circling helicopters. 
It's important to understand the difference between genuine violence and various conventions that do not actually compel behavior or threaten one's life or liberty, as this is the key distinction between government intervention, use of violence, and the activity, behavior, and interaction of a genuinely free people. Proust summarizes in his typically, typical gentle manner, quote, to kindness and wisdom we make promises only, pain we obey, unquote. That concludes our show for today. Next time we continue with part three of our series on pervasive intervention. Until then, peace.